Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're watching Mulk, a courtroom drama about a family coping in the aftermath of a relative turning to terrorism. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the last in our terrorism series. And I am ready for it to wrap up. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. It's been an intense five movies. Guess what? Fana was the most fun one. And <laughs> this one was rough. <laughs> I know, because this one's so real. I know. It was It was so good. And I've actually never seen Rishi Kapoor star in anything before. So that was really amazing. He's great. But, oh, it was bleak. So this is a movie about, like, a family. It's an extended family that all lives together in the Indian style. They're a Muslim family. They get along great with their community. They're friends with Muslims and Hindus alike. Rishi Kapoor is the patriarch of the family. Murad Ahmed Ali. And he's a lawyer. He's They're all part of the community. And, you know, they have their jokes with their friends and all that. And that's what you kind of open on is kind of this great family, like very easygoing family environment. Exactly. And this is 2018. So this is one of Rishi Kapoor's last movies because he died in 2020. Yes. And then his nephew, who unbeknownst to anyone in the family, has gotten involved with some Muslim extremist terrorist groups has been sent on a mission where he plants bombs in a bus, uh, causing many deaths and then is on the run from the police before he's eventually killed. And the community looks at that and says, how could you not have known you must all be Muslim extremists? And And they are taken to court by the Indian government. And how dare you? We have welcomed you with open arms. And then you did this to us. Yeah. So I think it's a really interesting aspect of the effects of terrorism that often get ignored, which Mm -hmm. is what happens to the family that's left behind, especially a family that is not in agreement with what their family member did. Yes. And I have seen examples of this in real life where a family member of someone will commit a horrible crime and... You know, the fa- uh, and publicly, and they just, the family is left dealing with it. But this is an added element of they were overcoming these tensions mm-hmm. that already exist and, you know, really palpably exist in India, especially. And now, now everyone's like, well, we shouldn't have done that. I guess that was the wrong thing to do. It just destroys the harmony that. A community has found. Right. And it's obvious that the government is looking for a scapegoat in this beyond just this was someone who fell in with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. It's no, it must be everyone in the community. Yes. And we're going to make an example of you, of your family. Exactly. I don't even know what the charges are. I guess they were also getting accused of terrorism. Like, I'm not even sure what the charges were. I feel like I missed that. I can't remember what they were. It was something about an explosive device. And uh, like, I think 
supplying or teaching something about that mm. and then i don't know so probably like crimes against india <laughs> right yeah but it's it's obvious that this is just they're trying to place blame on the on somebody who's still alive right um especially because they just want to make as big of an example as possible out of this and that's something right. that the lead uh, anti-terrorist guy is very open about, at least behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's like, we want to do this this way. He kills the nephew, even though he didn't have to. He could have taken him in alive, but he killed him. And then he had his men drag the body yes. from the house, like a long way mm-hmm. to the car to show everybody. And all I could see on the faces of the people as that happened, they were watching it. I was like, I don't think this is a good deterrent. I think this is just, maybe it is, but I, I, what I can see is that this is the kind of thing that pushes people farther apart. It's a tough situation because you are angry, Mm -hmm. especially when this kind of thing keeps happening. But sometimes the decisions we make in anger aren't really helpful and you do want to make an example. You you do want to say we're not taking this lightly. Like, yeah, this is something you have that you to make an need. Example. Yeah, this is something that you need to stop doing, and we need to deter it. But mm-hmm. you know, you you have to do it carefully. Yeah. This this movie, yeah, it just makes an interesting statement on the domestic the domestic effects of all of it. Yeah, which I really had never considered before. And I have to say, I probably never considered it because I either just thought that terrorists kind of popped up on their own out of nowhere, fully formed, like Zeus's children, Um, (laughs) or that they came from a sympathetic family. Right. I'm not sure. I never really examined it before, but I may have just assumed that, and so I never wondered. Yeah, because we don't really have the same problems here. But, you know, if you look at school shooters, there are times when you're like, well, I think the family should have known. I think the family should have done something. I think the family should have been paying attention. I think the family is to blame for this. And sometimes that's not the case. Right. But it is so tempting. Right. Because we think that for the same reasons. We, We think, how could someone be so troubled and so angry and so anti their fellow humans And it's not noticed by the people closest to them. Right. So then you're like, did they even care? Like, maybe they noticed and just did nothing. Right. Exactly. And the, there are a lot of, a lot of favorites of the pod in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. The lead anti-terrorist guy, Rajat Kapoor, he was the terrible uncle in Monsoon Wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I think he was in like Dil Chate Hay and yeah. stuff like that. Also, uh, the government prosecutor is Ashutosh Rana. A great slime ball. Oh, he's so good at it. He usually plays people that are not great. He was ex- supremely detestable in this movie. But he also played a father in Paglite. Paglite? I'm not sure how to say it. Um, it's a really good movie starring Sonia Malotra. Maybe we'll squeeze it into a series. But even then, you're you're on the fence about him the whole time. You're like, uh, what's this guy up to? He's just so good yeah. at playing someone you don't like. Mm-hmm. It's a skill. Yeah. I really loved Tufsi Panu, who plays the daughter-in-law, the Hindu daughter-in-law. She who helps defend everyone in court. 
She was really good. I've never seen her in anything. No, before. this is the only movie I've ever seen her in. But she did such a good job, mm-hmm. and she played it so realistically in the attitude she had, where she was just kind of sick of what was happening. Yeah, she was, and she was also, um, especially when the case started, she was nervous. Mm-hmm. But she had to do it, and it was an unusual part, I think, for a woman. But I think it was honestly a really smart choice by the filmmakers because one of the stereotypes of Muslims is how they treat their women, mm-hmm. and so for her to not only be Hindu, but for her to represent everyone in court, I think was showing, like you know, not all Muslims are the same. Absolutely, especially because one of the prosecutor's big things was like, they don't have any education and... Which is hilarious when Rishi Kapoor's character is also a a lawyer. The only reason he wasn't able to continue with the defense, because he was defending his brother-in-law? Brother? Brother-in-law? Brother. Brother, was because he then got charged with a crime. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's the thing with all a lot of things that this lawyer said, Mm -hmm. where it was... You could see exactly what he was doing. You were like, yeah. it's not, and it's, it's what, uh, what the, what RT said. Mm-hmm. It's not applicable to this case. You're just spewing prejudice and stereotypes. And you know, all the things about like, well, they keep getting calls from Pakistan and we don't know what those numbers are. We're still investigating. It's like all their relatives in Pakistan, you right. dum-dums. Yeah. I know. I was like, how fast did this court case happen? Because you guys haven't had time to do the research that you should have done. Then I don't know how the legal system works over there. Well, I will say they probably didn't want to get those results Oh, well, back. yeah, because they were nothing. Because <laughs> they knew that they weren't going to be terrorists. Right. Because Artie just pops them out like, here they are. It's all normal people that they're related to. But it does seem like the court case happened within a really short amount of time. Yeah, because I think part of it was whether the police could retain custody. Yeah, so a lot of great acting, I thought, and a lot of really smart story choices. This is obviously a movie with a message. It's not being, like, it's not being sly about it. The message is right there for everyone to see, but it is well-crafted. It is. There's a lot of different aspects. It's super realistic, You see a lot of sides of the family, and I liked that they kind of opened up some, not stories even, just little snapshots of relationships in the family that don't even necessarily get resolved, Mm -hmm. and because they don't need to. It's, It's not really what it was about. Right. Those are just things that happen in a family. Right. Yeah, and these people are part of a community, a wider community that this relationship is going to be damaged permanently and so they show some of that in like some of these relationships that are just kind of around the fringes yeah so i think they do a really good job this is a more western style movie there's not song and dance numbers that are like just show pieces right there is music obviously but not in the way you might expect from something like fana yeah. The standard of all terrorist movies. <laughs> exactly. The gold standard. <laughs> Music and dancing in this is more like Monsoon Wedding, where it's part of a festival or something like that. Yeah. And I would say that I think this is a beginner movie because... Oh, definitely. It's just so well done. And there are enough situations like this in every country that you can understand and relate to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, this is a worldwide phenomenon, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. And I think, 
it's probably going to be a movie that's for teens. I don't know that they have to be older teens necessarily. Basically, if they can take the terrorism up top, then they're probably good to watch the rest of the movie. But, you know, this obviously wasn't made for children, so be careful. This is another one of those movies where if they're not old enough for it, they're going to be bored by it. Yeah. So the, I mean, it's a court, it is a courtroom drama. Yeah. So that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. Honestly, one of the best characters in this whole movie is Bilal. Oh, I loved him. He was so sweet. And I just feel so awful for what happened. Like, that's part of what makes this movie so hard to watch is what happens to Bilal. Justice for Bilal. I know. I, it's awful. It was so, and, and he, you know, when he was coughing and stuff on the stand, I was like, oh, he's gonna die. His heart's gonna go out. And that's exactly what happened. And it was so tragic. Oh, he just wanted to protect his family. He'd already lost his son. And not just lost him. Right, not just like lost him, but like even lost the memory of him. Exactly. And then was subjected to hours of police interrogation. Mm-hmm. And Indian police interrogation. So like yeah. ramp up that intensity. And then he sees the the rest of his family, like his beloved brother, also being put on trial because of what his son did. I mean, like, how much responsibility would you feel for that as a father? Oh like, goodness. that you didn't just fail, but, like, your failure is spreading through your whole family. Oh, especially when he already, historically, is the family screw-up. Right. He's clearly not that smart. I mean, he runs his own business, his little cell phone yeah. business. But he's, you know... A, a relatively simple guy. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just... Bilal's, like, such a heartbreaking part of this story. I know. And for a man like that to have a son who becomes radicalized, like, you can see how it's completely unrelated. Yeah. It wasn't anything about his specific circumstances. Well, he didn't have a job, but, you know... It, it was like his friend said. Like, well, we also didn't like do that well in school. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our friends have jobs. It's not like they're impossible to get. Right. And it, it's not like they were racked by poverty. They had a great family system. Mm-hmm. But he just met this charismatic guy, and and he's a nature. He has a nature that can be very passionate. Clearly, yeah. And he started out wanting to help. And that's what this guy said they were doing. And then he was like, well, really, if we want to help. Yeah. And, you know, I think it also shows how somebody can be living in a large family setting like that and still have their secrets. Because for one thing, there was the guy who actually did know that he was watching videos and stuff that he should have been watching because he was there with him watching how to set an explosive. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, you never think that people are going to go all the way, right? Like, it's always easy to be like, well, I don't really need to take responsibility for this because it's going to turn out all right in the end. Yeah, and, you know, you do get the sense that you do get the sense that he had said, like, I'm not up for anything like that. And he might have thought that the influence of a friend would be enough mm-hmm. to show him, like, oh, we've gotten too extreme here. This guy's not safe to be around. But also, he was doing things that the family didn't understand, and they were always willing to take his word for it, that mm-hmm. there was nothing weird about it. Yeah. Like the little transmitter. Definitely, and that's how, well, that's how, uh, that's actually how a lot of radicalization happens, is that families don't control technology, and, you know, just, it's just kids on YouTube and, and stuff like that, and, but it's the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. where, like, people don't understand it, and they're like, okay, well, I guess it's fine. What was Bilal gonna do about the videos his son was watching? Oh, Nothing. right. He, for one thing, he didn't even really know how to use a computer, and he definitely didn't know that his son was watching videos on the computer and he wouldn't have, he would never have suspected that he was involved in this anyway. So why would you be checking for it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you trust your son, there's, you know, they have plans to open up a shop and all these things. Yeah. If the person is a good enough actor, you don't know that you need to be looking for anything. And his son was a grown man. Mm-hmm. He was. And that's what was so heartbreaking is when the family was talking to him on the phone and they were like, just come back and we'll, we'll open the shop and everything will be fine. And I was like, you probably would like say and think that in the moment. Cause this is totally new and you haven't processed any of it right and like it was so tragic watching them not realize that they'd already lost their son and like everything about him yeah so then the other thing is the way the court case wraps up in the end with the judge's ruling Mm -hmm. and you can see that the judge really has listened to both sides and has seen that the prosecution has absolutely nothing i mean everything the prosecution brings is circumstantial evidence yeah which is basically like, well, we all know these Muslims are terrorists anyway. Therefore, absolutely, the fact that this guy was living in the same house and had a computer that they had access to and all of these things mean that they must have been in on it. And so the judge very clearly is like, this is all circumstantial evidence. There's nothing that proves that they had anything to do with this. And you can't just blanket statement say all Muslims are terrorists, so we should send them to prison. But, which is, I mean, great. You know, then the judge succinctly explains the moral of the story, right? Mm -hmm. What he's there for. He does. But what I really like is that this doesn't heal all of the damage that was been done. No. They can't just go back and pretend that everything is as it was. And that their neighbors didn't all turn on them. Yeah. And, and the, you know, this was thrown in their face in the beginning, but these were 40 year friendships. Right. They were really deep friendships. And, They've been ruined. Yeah, no one stood by them. And I think the other thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what a judge says in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. That That's going to help in the big picture. But in the small picture, there's always going to be people in that community that suspect they had something to do with it. On both sides, as we saw, there were also terrorist sympathizers. Yeah. Who were like, oh, good. I wish I could have done what your son did. Yeah. And your nephew. And they're like, uh... Excuse you. 
I know, which means that they were also, like, their, their relationships with the Muslim community was also damaged because they now realize that it wasn't as innocent as they thought it was. And now the terrorist sympathizers don't like them right. because they had a terrorist son and wouldn't even take the body back. They disavowed him. Oh, that was another really powerful scene where <sighs> the body gets brought to them and it they was. refuse to take it. And you understand why, but at the same time, how heartbreaking for the mother to not be able to take the body of her son. But, you know, they they couldn't have. No. Because it would have been seen as supporting what he did. Well, exactly. I, I was like, you know, that's it's awful, but that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't based on their actual feelings, which I think it was. Mm-hmm. But that that's the biggest sign that you can give to everybody who's watching. Right. That you, you're not with him. But so heartbreaking to not even have that because... You know, the fact that he did something so terrible at the end of his life doesn't change all of the memories you have of him. No, you know. it doesn't change that he's your kid. Right. I can't imagine. Yeah, because that's expressed, I think, really well by his sister, where they're interrogating her. And she's like, like, like were you sad that your brother died? When you found out your brother died? <laughs> Why were you sad? Is what they said. It's like, and she's like, well, you know, yeah, I was sad. And she's like, Why? <laughs> Like, she said, I used to love him a lot. Right. And, but that's so hard to struggle yeah. with, you know, and then to be put on trial. Oh, my gosh. They just did such a good job with all of those things. Yeah. And I think whether this type of pro- prosecution was realistic or not for Indian courts, and I don't know because I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't follow Indian court cases. Yeah, but, it's weird enough for us to see no jury and just talking to a judge. Not that bench trials don't exist, but, I mean... They're upon special requests. Yeah, they're different. the whole deal. But I think regardless of whether this was a realistic, uh, realistic court case or trial unfolding, I think it expressed so many of the hidden thoughts that people have about these situations. Yeah. Um, that was just kind of nakedly said... You know, and there was no excuses given. And even with the son, there was no, the terrorist son, like there were no excuses given for why he did what he did. He Mm -hmm. made bad choices. Yeah, it's interesting. As much as I was saying like, well, he wanted to help and they started out helping and like whatever, all this stuff, like it was never sympathetically portrayed. No, because most people, once it starts getting violent, start backing off. And that's what they showed the friend doing. Yeah. That's what that's what a normal person would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not that good people can't get bamboozled and radicalized because they can, but it's not an excuse. Right. You are still responsible for your decisions. And yeah. the family never tries to defend what the son did. Even a little bit. Yeah. And they their questions when they ask, like, have I failed him? That's really more of like an internal examination rather than... There's we can explain what happened that made him do this. Like we can explain why so much of this is like so much of our tendency is to try and psychologize everything away to where no one's really responsible for Mm -hmm. what they do. Because there's always some underlying impulse or motivation. But like in this case, they don't do that. Well, yeah, they know that there's nothing that they can figure out that will make it not hurt. And in the end, even though they win the case and they clear Bilal's name, you know, the family has still been destroyed by this. And they would have been whether they were taken to trial or not. Yeah. But now, in addition to losing the nephew, they've also lost the brother and 
all of those friendships and supports that they would have had. Yeah, I mean, I know they didn't want to move, but I would still move. Oh my gosh, I would move in a heartbeat. Anyway, I think the perfect movie to end our terrorism series on. (laughs) And our next series will be introduced by Hannah. Okay, our next series is going to be South Indian Classics. And the first one is definitely not for beginners, I would say. I'm sure none of these are. Well, yeah. This (laughs) one is Maro Charitra, 1978, starring Kamal Hassan. One of his first big movies, possibly his first movie to, to skyrocket him to fame. And that's Black and White. The second movie is Agni Nacharitram, and that was from 88, uh, starring Karthik and Prabhu. And by the director of Dulce. Exactly. So, got yes. that going for it. That's right. The next one is Muthu from 95, starring the superstar Rajnikanth. And this is routinely listed as one of his best movies. I'll be really interested to see it, because I've only ever seen him in Intheron and 2.0, which were terrible. Well, let me tell you something. I had to stop this movie. I had to stop watching it, because it was already the best thing I had ever seen five minutes in. (laughs) And I could not watch it without Mark. (laughs) The next one is Iruvar in 97, starring Mahan Lal. And Ashwarya Rai. And this was also Mani Ratnam, the director of Dilse. And this is thought to be <clears throat> possibly his best movie. I mean, with Mahanlal and Ashwarya Rai, how could it not how be? How could you go wrong? Yeah. You had me at Mohanlal. Thank you. <laughs> and then the last one is Anbe Shivam from 2003, also starring Kamal Hassan. Awesome. Well, I have not seen any of these movies, so I'm excited to see them. And I am so excited to talk about them. So the first movie, again, will be Maro Charitra, and that is available on Amazon Prime. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at more is more podcast at gmail.com. Yeah.